someone needs to see your product about six to seven times before they make an, a purchase online. But every day online, I come online and I teach people how to take care of their fish, how to identify fish that is have extorted growth, how to clean out their ponds, avoid um, diseases that can affect fish. If I'm doing that consistently, I'm investing in educating my audience. People begin to see me as an authority in fish farming. Hi, I'm Obehi Ewanfo, the author of the storytelling series for small businesses and content creators. In Obehi Podcast, we talk about the power of your story, your narrative, and why you should own your voice. Whether you are a small business owner, a content entrepreneur, or you simply want to build your influence, storytelling is probably going to be your best instrument to connect with your audience. So join the awakened few who are owning their voices. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're joining us from. My name is Zuberi. I am joining Obehi from Lagos, Nigeria. I am an online disability consultant and I help individuals and businesses, especially student entrepreneurs or professionals who are looking to build a profitable online business from coaching, mentoring, or consulting to your information business. I help them create systems that get them seen, get them known, and get them paid. That in a nutshell, <laughs> that's who I am. I'm also, I'm also the founder of a software company, Sunday Technologies. It's a, a content writing community platform that helps busy entrepreneurs or content creators in general, help them cut short in the duration time all right that's very interesting all right Ruth, you are going to help me so you are in lagos uh, were you born in lagos or did you come to lagos from some other place help me understand that i was not born in lagos i came to lagos because of marriage you know how women travel with parents <laughs> so yeah i i was um, Father is from another very popular TV in Nigeria, and so um, I relocated from Potapa to Lagos when I got married. And I've been here since 2012, and that's about 11 years. Mm, that's interesting. Of course, we may have to move uh, in most of, uh, more than ninety percent to meet the man. No? Is, is that yeah. is just normal? No? Yeah. That yeah. is love that is in the air. So and is the one that is making everybody move. Yeah. Love is what makes the world turn around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's interesting. So you grew up in Port Harcourt, right? Yes, largely. Largely, mm-hmm. I grew up in Port Harcourt. All right. Would you want to tell me a bit about your infancy growing up in Port Harcourt? What do you remember of those uh, early age? 
Oh, growing up in Katakot, it, it was interesting. I wasn't born in Katakot, though, but my parents were missionaries and eventually, um, so I grew up in the church system, very um, traditional church, and it was interesting. And so I, it was a place where I was able to harness my skills and abilities. And so um, being a teacher's kid, you know, you're involved in activities in the choir, you're singing. And I, as I was the first child, I'm the first child. And so I used to help my father a lot in typing and writing and putting together his notes, transcribing things. And it's funny because is what really was the background to what I'm doing now. Because when I was going to study, I actually wanted to become a medical doctor. And so my first degree is in human anatomy. And it's totally different from what it is I, I, I'm doing right now. And But all of that is to say that my background really is like what I'm doing now. Not to stand in what I actually read in the university. Yeah, that is a question I usually like to ask my guests, which is um, the trajectory, how you see it as you are growing up. Uh, because you grew up in Portaiko now, which is the OS city. Yeah. Uh, Portaiko is actually extremely rich in Nigeria. Now, of course, it should be rich because that is where the money is coming from. Uh, okay, yes, we also know Lagos. Now. <laughs> so what was your trajectory then? What were you really thinking that you were going to do? Okay, I know your parents would. Okay, like every Nigerian African period, they want their children to become medical doctor, engineer, <laughs> lawyer. Yes, those are the those are the field that they, they like, no? <laughs> well, for me, it was I wanted to become a lawyer, and so when my mother asked me why do you want to become a lawyer, and I told her I like the way they speak, and she said that's not a reason to be a lawyer, and so <laughs> you know so. The second thing was, okay, so what else do you want to become? I said, I want to become a doctor because I want to save lives. You know, the whole good girl thing, I want to save lives. And then, so I began on the path of science. And it was interesting. I love the science subject, even though I really loved art. And I actually went to my principal in my secondary school, in my high school, to change one of my subjects to give me literature because I wanted to do literature. And she said, it's not possible. You're in science. You can't do literature. And we can't create a separate class for you because when others in art will be doing literature, you'll be doing something else in, in science. So, but it was interesting growing up with the sciences, having that analytical mind. I was very good in math. And, and so they had those um, very quick thinking, critical reasoning. And it was, it was really good having to explore that part of my ability, you know, and then getting to the university and not having been four marks short of a sort of point to getting to medicine. Okay, I got into human anatomy, and it was when I was about finishing human anatomy, I realized that I really, really loved the idea of waking up and going to the hospital as a place of work, and so. I had a few colleagues who, after human anatomy, went back to do medicine. But I said, no, I was not going to do that. I was just going to something. <laughs> so were you, like, scared of the human body? Okay, I know now, you know, particularly here in the West, uh, 
Okay, even right in Africa, in Nigeria, the medicine that we are practicing, we are using is Western medicine. No? Yeah. Uh, we are not only practicing African medicine as it were, because yeah. medicine is not just one type. There are different types of medicine. Here, mm -hmm. or in the kind of medicine that we practice today, uh, human beings are seen as like machine, where every part is, you, you, you treat the hand as the mm -hmm. hand, no? you treat mm -hmm. the eyes as the eyes, you treat the ear as the ear, whereas mm -hmm. other type of, a medicine like for example the typical or traditional african medicine you don't treat the ear just as the ear you treat the the ear as part of the as body the so whole, you do a kind of yeah, a holistic, holistic yeah, uh, yeah okay so in that sense now you do the the coupling and the scoping of the body and uh, when you do the human anatomy okay i'm not a, i'm not a um I'm not, I'm not a doctor but okay yeah. some of these things are actually uh common sense so was that was, did that scare you as you are looking at the? <laughs> no, it, it really it didn't scare me honestly. And I, I mean, from from our year two, our second year in university, we started working with dead bodies, cadaver. And so maybe after the first session, we got used to it. So so it wasn't the actual working on the body, but you know, working on the body. Maybe if I wanted to explore and um, postmortem. Um, post mortem um, work would have been good, but you know there is when you go to hospital there is a there's a smell of sickness. I don't know how to put it. So sickness is different from if you're working in a lab and you're having to. But you know the the whole sickness thing, and I think maybe I visited a couple of hospitals in that period, and it just having to do that. Day in day, I'm not a doctor. You don't really have your time. I I began to learn from my senior colleagues how to their work hours where they had to work long hours, no break, and it was, and so I just went no 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 I just I don't think do this. So it wasn't about I wasn't scared of blood. I wasn't scared of needles. All of those things I could do this um cuttings and all the stirring up. I could do it very well, but it was just a. Yeah, and also thinking, is that what I really want to do daily? So it didn't, at that point, finding fulfillment, was this what I could do and find fulfillment? Now, it wasn't about the pay. It wasn't about um, anything that, can I do this and do it well and find joy in it? And the answer was no. So I decided not to pursue, you know, furthering in that um, trajectory. It's a huge market it's a huge industry because i mean judging from the population alone i think that's what gives um the nigerian market a, a bit of an edge because of the population and so no matter what you're selling or what you're offering in the market there's the possibility of getting someone who is interested in what it is that you have to sell, and so the online the online market, the, the online marketing space, or the online business space in Nigeria, it's evolving. It's not. It's a lot more developed than where it was a few years from now. People are more aware of the different things. For example, when we first started online, maybe we just knew that advertising was good for their business but they didn't know how to go about it the knowledge of um, advertising running ads was in the hands of a few 
But right now, it's very easy for people who are business owners to sit in the comfort of their homes. With a few clicks, they will set up ads for themselves and those ads will work. And so there are a lot more people who are doing work with their businesses, whether they're using WhatsApp or they're using Facebook and Instagram or using a full-fledged website. There are different players at different levels. And so whatever you're selling, whether you're selling physical products or you're selling info products, um, that you would need to do digital and do that PDF or um, programs for their eBay markets for, for for everybody. And so yeah, it's something that's evolving. It's evolving. That is the right word there. That that is really a key word there. Um, because of course the business ecosystem, particularly if you are looking at maybe the digital business, but generally the online business do needs a lot of a uh, couple of things to make it function. Uh, one of them would be uh, data. Yeah, data. Not only I'm not talking of uh, internet. I'm talking of information. On uh, that when we need to do a research now to see how many people are buying your product, uh, mm. we need to be able to understand that. But um, if there are no enough data in circulation, we cannot know that information. But if there are enough data, in, like uh, we we should be able to uh, uh, use that. Then what about the transportation of those products? So maybe, for example, you are in Lagos now, you are producing certain things that you need to supply to maybe Kaduna or uh, Bini or in Portaco, where, where you are coming from regionally. You need those things to get there on time so that the people can enjoy it and they maybe buy more. But if the road is not good enough, or if maybe they need to fly by air and it becomes very exorbitant the price, then of course you are going to add to the price so that you'll be able to make profit then the customer is paid too much. Then he might not like to uh, patronize at the end of the day. So those little uh, things might end up affecting the market. But as it's, as it's evolving, how are the people reacting to it? I think that can also be very interesting for people, particularly even for women who are at home, like your niche, no? In that they need to be able to do something. Okay, not all of them will be able to set up gigantic businesses or big supermarket, but they can be helping these gigantic businesses and they'll be making money for themselves too. So mm -hmm. all these are part of the online business. So I don't know if you want to say anything more about the involving aspect, like how are people reacting to the digital business in Nigeria, the online business ecosystem? Well, there are different, definitely for every for everything that takes off, there are people who will be skeptical about it. There are people who will not be early adopters. There are people who will um, not put their, their feet or their heads behind anything that is not physical because they don't consider something that doesn't have you know, a physical office, a viable business. You know, but the truth is, there are also people who, because of this, have made hundreds of thousands of naira, millions of naira. You know, as a result of, of marketing, and we've had a lot of people to, you know, to take and testify to that part. Now, especially thanks to COVID, COVID brought a leveler to the way that businesses are being run in Nigeria. So those who were dragging their feet, who were saying, "Are you sure it can work?" When everybody was locked in, they had to find a way, you know, to run their businesses and it's really opened up 
the way for people to use do online things to grow their businesses. So I think it, the the advent of COVID forced a lot of people to use it or be more receptive to solutions that use the online tools. And so especially for the more traditional businesses, you hear corporations and they're like, no, we don't believe in online. But after COVID, they are, they are now saying, okay, yes, it's possible for you to have training events virtually is possible for you to for you to create solutions that are transported. It's possible for so even things that are people have physical stores began to create other forms of their businesses. So for example, someone who is in the food business and once COVID came, people are not coming to the restaurant. They began to do food deliveries and say, okay, I would cook or you will call me and then I'll cook and deliver to you. So it's customized. So it, it, would, it would come at a price and people were willing to pay. You know, so there is a lot more receptiveness to using the online to using these different platforms that are available online to grow businesses. So whether they are traditional big organizations or whether they are small businesses or individuals who are running solo businesses. Everyone has tried to pivot to keep their businesses in such a way that they are taking advantage of this. Some of them, if they are not able to do it themselves, they say, okay, I have a nephew, I have a niece, I have somebody who is um, tech-savvy, obviously, I can call somebody to help me out. So they are open to saying, okay, yes, it's not just a thing for young, it's something I can use for my own business and it's been working. All right, now, okay, you're a woman, you're a woman entrepreneur, and I understand that you are working with a lot of women uh, who are uh, trying to sell their businesses online, which is a good thing. This is a noble job because <laughs> looking at the peculiarity of our country, Nigeria, looking at the situation there, uh, we are going to have to help ourselves because we can see that the government is not really there in terms of providing what we need. So uh, since uh, thanks to the time that we are living in, we can do more to help ourselves. Then why don't we do more to help ourselves? So maybe at a point, we are not really going to need the government to provide most of the things that we are saying they should provide because we can provide it for ourselves. So who doesn't like the freedom? Yeah. <laughs> so in, in this yeah. sense, uh, what do you think are some of the major challenges facing the Nigerian women entrepreneurs? That is the women in Nigeria who are trying to uh, own their businesses. And of course, take the risk and then be ready to receive the reward at the end of the day. Hmm. One of the hurdles or challenges I think they face a lack of adequate knowledge. And so, what, why do I say this? Um, I'm a Christian and the Bible says that um, without knowledge, people perish for lack of knowledge. And so, if something that is supposed to take you two hours to get done with certain tools and systems available, you do it in five hours or eight hours, you cannot get the same result that is supposed to get. So, you find out that many women are still operating below the their potential because they don't have the wherewithal in terms of knowledge or access to resources that would help them to implement these things 
as quickly as we can. And as secondly, we have the fact that they are also having to juggle multiple roles. Now, for a man who's in business, all he's focused on is building my business, teaching all the goals and all of that. But for a woman who's in business, she has multiple roles, she wears multiple hats. And so she, at the same 24 hours that everybody has, she has to divide it. To doing the home from to taking school children to one activity, and then oh, if one of them falls sick, it falls on the woman to take the child, you know, be with the child in the hospital, you know, and all of that. So, in as much as yes, women would not want to trade that for anything, it is a challenge in the sense that women who do not have a support system now face sometimes the death of a business or the business is stagnated because they don't have the support on the home front to be able to associate um, additional hands to get the good business and ensure that other things are going the way they should go. And then lastly, the last point I will talk about in as challenges would be access to people and funding. So I want to give them as the same because Sometimes people don't really need funds when they are building their businesses. They need strategic people, people with the experience and expertise to help them to set up and set up properly. So these women, if, if they're building without the insights from people who have gone before, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. And in some cases, you would really need people to physically or you know, give you a give you a boost in the sense of introducing you to people, create um handshake between you and it, a, a a business opportunity. So having people who can I wouldn't just say gatekeepers, but having access to people who can provide opportunities for them. It's not it's, it's, it's easier I in my in my mind's eye for a man to meet over a bottle of drink, you know, you find out everybody's in the last mode or in the, in the golf field, and then they share ideas and like, ah, how do you suppose I'll meet you up? And then they have their way of using these social events or social environments to facilitate business growth. However, women do not necessarily have that. And so that's why there is a rise in women's focus communities and um, focus groups so that it can help the woman to create that sense of, okay, I belong to this particular organization and then I can um, mention that and be able to get someone to look at me and look at my proposal because of, you know, the community and to which I belong to. You, at the point, you have to learn online no? because you have to enroll uh, to be able to improve your skills because some of these skills are in the business world. We do not learn them in school. Mm. There are things that you need to learn uh, outside of the, of the normal curriculum. Of course, which means now that you are going to have to take the extra step because if you are going to do the normal thing, you are going to get the normal result. But the normal result is not usually enough for us to live. Except maybe you want to just become a number 
in the herd, a normal in the society, no? Mm. If you don't become extraordinary or more than the ordinary number, then you are going to do more than the ordinary people mm. and take more than the ordinary risk and take more. You just need to take up the challenge more like the ordinary, more like the ordinary people. Uh, so now when you look at these women that are trying to own their businesses, become entrepreneurs, do you see them approaching this ability to be able to learn online to help themselves so they can acquire the skill that is needed for them to uh, live an extraordinary life? Yeah, um, some of them. The truth is that, um, as with everything, learning is intentional. And so there's, there is very little learning that is done by remote or by uh, not remote now automatically that you just sit down sit down and then everything is downloaded in your head no learning is something that is very systematic it's very intentional you have to put your put your mind to it and you know, get it there and so when women have to take that deliberate step to seek out people and places where they are aligned to and can give them that level of um, support in terms of teaching them. So the truth is, you have to first know where you want to go to. And then understand where you are. And then do a connecting line. Find out, okay, for me to get to where I want to get to, are very deliberate about knowing what their learning is, uh, what the gaps are in their knowledge gap, and then picking out the places, the people who will be able to help them with the knowledge and the skills that they are looking for. Because if you've not done that need um, analysis, it will be difficult to say, okay, this is where I want to learn, because every, everything will be looking like the option to you. Everything will be looking like the option. And so, in as much as there are a multiplicity of information out there, not every information out there is important, and not every information out there is useful for you, especially at, at different stages in your life and in your business. So, you need to know where, what exactly is important to you, and what you really need to achieve, you need to learn the things that you need to learn. We don't really need general knowledge because our brain is limited. We cannot carry all the whole information. We only need specific knowledge to respond to specific information. You cannot simply go to the internet and say, oh, I need all the information on the internet. Are you crazy? If you put it on your head, your head is going to bust. You need, if you go to the internet, you need to ask yourself, what do you want? Until you know what you want, like you were saying before, everything becomes like an option for you, which is wrong. Everything cannot be an option for you. You, you know, if you are moving from Lagos to Kaduna, that is, you need the train or the bus or the flight that is going to Kaduna. You don't need the one that is going to another direction because if you are going to the east, you take the flight that is going to the west. They're going to end in the wrong place. Now, uh, have any of these women maybe complained to you about maybe uh, what they would have need to 
be better than what they are doing uh, in terms of responding to their exigencies, to their uh, to be able to uh, act or become better in their online business? Like, what are their challenges? What do they complain to you about? Yeah, so some of them complain about ideas. So some people think, okay, what do I do? And how do I even get started? What idea is going to work for me? And so it's a, it's a matter of what you know and a matter of how best you can package what you know into something that other people are looking for to invest in. Okay, so that's, that's one, one challenge, one thing that they ask for. Another thing that they, are, they ask for is, okay, so how do I do like others? Usually, you know, some people just look at people posting online like they are superstars, but they are thinking to themselves, we are doing this thing almost effortlessly. So how do I, you know, create, write my own content? How do I create these graphics? How do I do these designs? The, the technical part, basically. And so that, that's really one of the reasons why we created the Sunday, Sunday app, because it, it, I guess it helps them with that day-to-day beauty-beauty content creation. So they are putting out content online because to some people, it, it means the world. They don't know how to do it. They don't, and they appreciate every, every opportunity they get, every support they get. In terms of okay, this is how you do templates today. Do this today. You can do this tomorrow. You can do this. That that kind of thing really really works. All right. Now, in terms of what you really do for these women who come to you uh, within your line of business, of course, what do you do for them? What we do for them is we help them. We create a customized plan. So it's not as though there is a one size fits all solution for everybody. So depending on who you are and where you're starting, we help them with the solution to get them visible. So what we do is in getting them visible is we provide global PR opportunities. What really helps me gain the Visibility and credibility I had was because of the places where I had been published. So it is part of my solution for business people or career professionals who are looking to transition to, to consulting or online business. They say, look, you already do good work. You already have testimonials. You have people who can testify of what things that you do. Come and speak on or share your knowledge on certain platforms, and that's what we do with our VRB visibility systems. So the other thing we do is helping them set up their online assets. So whether it's their website, whether it's helping them create a program, an online program where they can teach people, they can train people in exchange for money, helping them um, manage their social media presence, Grow is following, get into new audiences, get into new places, even use tools to create that organic traffic thing. And that's really SEO, SEO, self easy optimization. So, using all these things, be able to take it. When you do this, you will have thousands of people looking for you from different parts of the world, you know, getting them that level of 
of disability and then creating products for them, helping them set up programs, products, even if it's a book, it's an online course, it's a, a coaching program, helping them set it up so that they can make money whilst they are building their business. That's really what it is. Uh, uh, but in terms of finding uh, clients, okay, now you are talking of creative content. Uh, okay, in most of the cases, you don't create content for yourself. You create for other people. Okay, I understand if you are doing content marketing, you can actually be creating content for educational purposes. But of course, within it, you listen uh, other things that will help you to sustain your business. Uh, because you don't just create content for the sake of creating content. You create content because it's going to lead to somewhere. But I want to believe that not all the people that you are dealing with are really into full content um, content marketing. And sometimes they, they like to create this content for other businesses uh, who do not know how to or do not have the time to be able to create their content. Uh, so you go to create it for them and you earn money. And sometimes people, before they can release their money for you, you're going to have to do a lot of talking. You're going to convince them that you are able to do what you say you are going to do. Otherwise, they're not giving you their hard and uh, naira. Now, how do you do that? I mean, how do you manage to find clients in Nigeria that will trust you with their money and tell you to create content for them? I don't know. It could be for you or for other women that you are teaching to come up online and begin to do something for themselves. You see, I'm saying this because there are a lot of intelligent women, people, let me just say people in Nigeria, who have who are very capable of doing extraordinary work in the area of academic. In that they already have the training, for example. Okay, now, imagine that you are talking to a woman who has been a teacher. Maybe all her life she has been teaching. You can't tell me that this woman doesn't know what to do in terms of creating content for people, maybe writing or things like that, or doing a research, because she'll be doing it. All what she just needs is to for somebody to just guide her on how to put herself online so that she can earn money from what she already know what she has been doing all her all her life but i'm not talking of how do you connect what you are selling what you are rendering in the market to the person who needs it so you can make money from it so i mean the truth is selling online is a skill that every business Used to learn. Now, selling online, the fact that you have the expertise is the basic requirement. Selling online has to do with other factors that affect how people see you. Now, it is someone who sees you and believes that you have the solution to their problem that will pay you for their for your services. It is not whether or not you know. And that's really where content marketing really comes in because content marketing helps you sell yourself to people without selling. How how do I, what do I mean by that? If I am a fish farmer and I have a fish farm. But every day online, I come online and I teach people how to take care of their fish, how to identify fish that has stunted growth, how to clean out their ponds, how to um, avoid um, diseases that can affect fish, that can, how to 
if I'm doing that consistently, I'm investing in educating my audience. People begin to see me as an authority in fish farming, for example. And then I also go a step further, and then they see me in their local newspaper speaking about fish farming and the impact of um, both on genetically modified feed on fish and how the, the, the impact it is. And then they are still talking to people in the food industry who they know and recognize. They also solidify who I am as an expert in their minds. Now, by the time I create a product, so I say I'm offering a few slots. If you want to learn fish farming, if you want me to come and inspect your fish farm, it is for XYZ price. People will come to ask me for, oh, yes, you can come and um, do an audit on my farm. But if, so now, just suppose that it's another fish farmer who is equally as good, but who is just sitting down in their, in their fish farm doing the work and hoping that clients will come. Who's going to get more clients? So the truth is, if you do the right thing in building an audience, and building your credibility. Asking for the sale will not be a problem because they will already be endeared to you. They will already be convinced that if you can work with this person, this is the person I'm going to work for. And look, there's also a rule about marketing that someone needs to see your product about six to seven times before they make an a purchase online, that is. So it's not the fact that once you start posting, you post today and then you say, okay, I posted today, I need to start seeing, seeing, seeing the clients coming in and they are not coming. How often have you posted? How many times has that particular person seen your offer? Has it, have, and have you been as specific enough as possible? Some people just go on, online and they are posting quotes, motivational quotes. Nothing about their business, nothing about how the authority in their business. So let me give you a few tips. Like if you're, if you're trying to post a sale, you're trying to make a sale, what is your unique selling proposition? So now when I want to talk about my work, consulting work, I tell the story about how when I first started out, because my background is in human assay, I didn't even know what the URL was. I was that blue. I, I didn't know. I will, I will, I said I'm in a, an online program and they kept saying URL, URL. I was going to teach URL. How to private chat the, um, the owner of the group. This was in 2015. I think it's a of the group and say, what is URL? And I'm so glad she didn't laugh at me because like URL. Right now it's very funny. But when I tell people that, when I tell people that, look, I work with people who are confused about tech and you don't know how to even do the simplest thing that other people find very easy to do. I help and guide you to do so that you know how to do it for yourself. People who were like me, people who are already in a place where they are feeling very stupid about the questions they ask in terms of online business, they are feeling left out, they are feeling like they are too old, you know, and they are not catching up. They resonate with me and they come to me because they feel actually understand our pain point. So now, if you're trying to make a sale, you're not using your brand story. 
I wonder what it is that you're doing. If you're trying to make a thing and you're not highlighting why people should come to you instead of the other person, I wonder how you want to get clients. If you're also trying to make a sale and you're not talking about the people who have worked with you and the impact you have made in their lives, I also wonder what you're, 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 you're doing online and how you're set to get clients. People that are listening to you now, they want to uh, connect with you. So what would be uh, your message to them and how would they reach you so they can do business with you? Is is the last question. Thank you. I mean, this one has to be really easy. I am Ruth Zuberi. On Google, I think I'm the only Ruth Zuberi. I've dominated my business page. Thank you. <laughs> and well, um, search for me on different social media handles. On LinkedIn, I'm Ruth HM Zuberi. On Facebook, I'm Ruth Zuberi. On Instagram, I'm, I'm Ruth Zuberi official. So anywhere, you can um, search for me, you can find me. So I will be looking forward to seeing anyone who has listened to this. If you have, if you're listening now, just send me a DM and say, um, Obehi session, and then I have a free gift for you. I mean, there's a free download for especially those who are looking to start their businesses online. I can share the link with you as well later. All right, that's super. That's really very interesting. Thank you. It has been a, a pleasure talking with you, Ruth. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you.